0: Albert Einstein once said, if I had an hour to solve a problem, I'd spend 55 minutes thinking about the problem and five minutes thinking about solutions. Well, Greg and I get together to talk about another Albert Einstein quote that uh, we spend probably a little bit more than 55 minutes talking about the problem and maybe not quite five minutes talking about solutions, but we had a good time doing it and we hope you enjoy it too.
1: Welcome to Agile After Dark the podcast that addresses agile topics not talked about in the light of the day. I'm your host Greg Adams Woodford sitting here
0: and over there is Brandon Gartley my co-host. Hey Greg, it's uh exciting to be here in After Dark Studios. It's uh we're going to try something a little new today. You know, it's you know, uh it's kind of re- it's almost full circle because I don't know if you remember after we did the first episode, we did the second episode and it was just you and me. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, that. and yeah. we said, no one wants to ever listen to us. That is true. <laughs> well, I think that's true. But uh, I think what we figured out is, and, you know, we were supposed to have Jess in this episode, and uh, I was the one that screwed up on all of the logistics around that. So, Jess. Which is started, rare, by yeah, the way. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, um, you know. Uh, there's something too when you're not getting a lot of sleep they you do things do fall through the cracks and you why aren't you getting any sleep <laughs> <If I'm laughs> I asking. have a very precocious teething one-year-old oh I see yeah. I see. Yeah, so I wish it was for other uh, exciting things, but for me, it's fantastic. But uh, everything, now and then, things like this fall through the cracks. So, the craps. <laughs> that happens too. <laughs> Trust me, that happens too on a regular basis. Apparently, when I call you. <laughs> that's right. It's, that's right. For the listeners that don't know, Greg has this amazing propensity to call me when I'm taking a crap. So, I'm sure everyone wants to know about that, but you know, it's Agile After Dark, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, so sorry, Jess, uh, but we're going to kind of wing it on this one. Uh, we're not going to do the episode we had planned, so it's going to be fun. We're going we're gonna, to you know, try our improv skills, a little yes and stuff, Gage. Gage yeah. Craig.
1: <laughs> okay, he just called me his son. He just called me his son.
0: <laughs> He's always supposed to be Baby G, but well, you know,
1: I'm a little, I'm a little, hey, older than everyone.
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's too much. So, well, what do you want, what are we going to talk about today? So I think today
1: we there's a great quote. Um, and that we'll get into, and I think we're going to talk about, uh, today the episode is called the Albert episode. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get into it.
0: Yeah. So through just various things, reading and seeing and so forth, I kind of ran across this quote from Albert Einstein, uh, and I want to say it exactly as a quote, so I don't mess it up. So Albert Einstein said, quote, we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created them. Uh And so, end quote. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to, I think that there's some power behind it. And I just wanted to kind of have an opportunity for you and I to dive into that, given the world that uh, we talk about in agile after dark. Right. Well,
1: and so I, I think it's a powerful quote first. Right. But I think what it has to do with is people fearing failure. I think that's a big part of it. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I mean, there, there's that 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 fear of being wrong or making a mistake, mm-hmm. and uh, that you know that, that you can't do anything to prepare for it. And what does that mean? It kind of reminds me. There was something I was reading recently that uh, morbidly kind of made me laugh, but uh, it was this concept of you can't make a quote unquote grave mistake uh, because back in the day when. You know, science <laughs> That's and medicine. I didn't think about yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> science and medicine uh, isn't what it is today. Let's yeah. just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, and people would die, uh, and they would be buried and so forth. And people kind of started to realize that maybe they weren't really dead. Maybe there was, you know, other underlying things. You know, what we would call comas and so forth, right? Uh, or other underlying things. So they started to basically uh, attach strings into the coffins when they uh, buried them, and they'd have bells above the graves so that if, you know, someone did happen to not be dead and would wake up, they didn't have the grave mistake, they, they could ring the bell. Oh, and my God, I never knew. Why?
1: How in the hell do you know
0: that? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's weird. Like, that's the weirdest fact I've ever heard. What <laughs> It's interesting, and it makes total <laughs> right. sense, but, right. like, it's you weird. Someone of get that. a grave mistake, yeah. So, uh, so people adjusted, right? Uh, they said, "Well, we don't want to keep, you know, burying people alive." I don't know what the 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 catalyst behind that was. I don't know how they what discovered. What did they have they somebody
1: like sitting there listening for the bell, yes. or what? Talk
0: about that job. What kind Gosh. of job is that? Oh crap! Uh, that sounds like Lenny over there. <laughs> Get the shovel. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have backhoes or anything like that back no. right then. <laughs> so yeah, that you know, uh, but so you yeah, know that. Talk about when we always talk about uh, when we're we're working with clients and so on. We always say no one's died, right? No one's right, dying, right. right? Depending on what industry you're in, but typically life insurance. That's yeah, the life issue, insurance, right. medical sort of stuff. There, there could be more on the line, but um, most of the time, yeah, the 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 failure word, right, mm-hmm. kind of comes around. Um, and what what we, we kind of run into, and you've said this in previous podcasts, is. Well, if we discover that, you know, in a postmortem, I'm doing air quotes again. I have a lot of air quotes already. We do a postmortem uh oh, that really was a disaster and so forth. You know, let's never do that again. And it gets, you know, put in a filing cabinet Well, first somewhere. it's called
1: post-mortem, which yeah. means death, yeah. which means whatever you were doing, yeah. died. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. it's right. the dumbest thing yeah.
0: ever. Someone's like, so it's the other, at the end of the project, like, ding, 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 ding. Like, I think I'm we chill. should rename this episode talking about dead people <laughs> and dead things. <laughs> the Seventh Sense, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, someone on the end of the post-mortem is, like, ringing their bell. Um, but yeah, we can't, you know, we can't, we can't continue to to look at things the way that we've been doing. So that's kind of the Albert Einstein quote that really kind of struck me, which is um, that the things that got us into where we're at, right? What do we do? We do a quote unquote postmortem, and then we add, we just throw a bunch of process in there—the p words from way back in the day, mm-hmm. Greg. You know, what was the process quote that you used to say process? It's, was it's, what? it's
1: process is an ar- is a an articulation or an artifact of failed you know failed processes before or failed you know endeavors and so you just keep adding more processes on to fix it which just means you're never fixing it because you're not really trying to solve the problem you're just using an outdated method to and then you end up with this gigantic you know apparatus that nobody even knows how it started like you know what i mean it's like well how did this happen i don't know like two years ago we added this process. Well, we're
0: not even doing that anymore. So why are we still, you know, it's a, it's wasteful, you know? Yeah, and I can use a specific, I can give a specific example. I worked at a startup early on in my career. And, we, you know, it was in the late 90s. We were figuring stuff out. And, you know, like a lot of people were, not as well as some. You know, some people really cashed out pretty well from that, that time period. Uh, I did not. Uh, but uh, we were kind of... Okay, we need to be able to file because we're basically making so people would donate to nonprofits online. Right? that was kind of the business. It was one of the first places that you could do that, uh, and we went with a model which was, hey, we'll host the website, and then people can donate through us, and it'll go to uh, the nonprofits. And we're not taking a chunk out of your donation. Your hundred percent of your donation goes there. Basically, we have a fee-based thing from the from the client that says, "Here's your total cost, depending on number of donations that you get." But we're not actually taking anything out of your direct donation, which other models would take a percentage. Or we'd be up to the nonprofits to create them themselves. And there's a lot of investment, and they, you know, there were it's not investment money that they had at the time. So in, the, in all in all, I thought it was a pretty good model. Uh, but you know, we would. Be like, okay, we're doing this. And then we had the the question of, can you donate across state lines to nonprofits and stuff? And what's the legal ramifications we're at? Do we have to now, uh, as a company, kind of declare ourselves a company in all these different states? And I tell this really long-winded story to say, we just started, we were not, we were very reactive. We were like, oh, okay, now that we have to do this. Okay, we're going to put a process on top of that. And uh, we're going to make sure that we, Cross every T, every I. We're gonna have these legal advice. We're gonna do this and this is, oh, okay. Another thing comes along the way, uh, such as uh, using nonprofits, you know, images on our site. What does that mean? Okay, now we're gonna go through this and so forth. Rather than just saying whoa, 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 like yeah, the 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 ball. we uh, what's the guy that's constantly pushing the ball back up the hill? Right. Oh, yeah, uh, so I. Uh, so, yeah. I can't remember. I want to say syphilis. I exactly syphilis. I was say that too. <laughs> it's not right. That's not what it's it not is. That's syphilis. It's not, no. <laughs> that's a whole other problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, this one is whatever it is. But that's what we felt like, right? And then we and then we just never really caught up, you know. And and then we got bought by a large company that basically took our concepts and made it so you can do corporate giving. And
1: I mean, it's true. If you if you're dealing with massive regulation issues, it, it is harder. To have an agile mindset because, but you can work it into the overall framework that you're using. It just, it's another step, but you can do it. It's not, you know, that's just a side note. But one thing I wanted to talk about, Brandon, is what causes fear? I mean, because everybody, you know, when you're a kid, you know, I guess people, you're conditioned to say, you know, don't mess up and don't do this and don't do that. And as you get to adult, if you do something, it's, some things are worse than others, like, you know, getting a DUI or something like that. But this failure failure is, is always intriguing to me because it's, 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 again, it's something that is imported into you, but that doesn't really exist because there's no way based on that quote that you can't, that you can learn and grow. If you're constantly in fear, and I think that happens in relationships, I think that happens in business. Like we don't want to, we got the board to worry about. We don't want to take too many chances. We don't want to fail. And
0: having that mind, changing that mindset, is a very difficult thing. I think part of it is, and it's just my opinion, and that's it's a podcast, so here we are. Uh, is some of that is that there's kind of a an outside force, and I'm not saying anything in terms of those that believe in a higher spirit or anything like that, which I do. But it, there's kind of like, things are just set up for me in a way that, that's the way the dominoes are gonna fall. And I think uh, That fatalistic. Thing yeah, kinda? it was like kind of like I think it was Voltaire to quote something like, you know, history never repeats itself, but man always does, right? Hmm. Where yeah. it's you know it's 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 not it's not that it's history because history is history, right? Mm-hmm. It's up to us to kind of say, we need to look at things a little differently. Well, it's also using by the way. History and
1: storytelling are really important mm. to help, like, solve this problem. Because if you can look at the past, you don't want to repeat it. So it's informative, right, to move right. forward. Right. Um. But you also don't want to live in the past. So it's a, it's a balance. And I just don't think we're, at least in the Western world, um, I don't think we're taught that. And it's it's more about oh, well, you did something wrong and now look what happened, you know, and, it, and that, it should be now look what happened. Okay, well, good. So now what are we going to do? Because we don't want to do that again.
0: What are we going to do now? You come from the education field. So kind of interested from kind of like the pre-K to 12, right? So what in terms of learning habits and so forth, and we'll get into this in one of our other podcasts uh, in terms of kind of Distance learning and all these different kind of learning habits, but I think that there's something along the lines of how, when we're trying to solve problems and we're looking at it, what's our natural tendency from how we've learned to solve problems? You know, mm. What what was some of the things that you saw kind of in your in your career there in terms of?
1: Well, I'll tell you, I, I guarantee you one of the things that causes this behavior is testing, and mm. it's not learning; it's testing, and everybody's tested, and the tests are pre prescribed the test judge you um you're completely at the mercy of the test versus did you actually learn something because the people who write assessments and tests which who are very smart and and I appreciate them but they're they're interested in how in public school anyway um how you're going to do on the test so that you can be judged by the government basically the school system um who runs the, the, you know, the school government runs the school system, you're being judged on how you perform based on some standard in a state by state, some standard that they have for you. Now they don't, they all like they, because they're compensated on that test. The schools compensated the, right. the the district is compensated. The teachers are compensated on the results of those tests and how they did for the whole class. It has nothing to do with learning. It has nothing to do with did they get the information. It's typically rote. You know, it's not it's not an engaged you know uh, relationship. It's just here. Learn this. Take a test, and we'll see you later.
0: Yeah. Then I mean, you had the interesting kind of a scandal, if you will. I think it was in Atlanta where there were several levels of teachers and stuff that were involved with kind of changing the answers on the Mm -hmm. tests and so forth. I mean, and when you hear that, you're like, oh, bad teacher. But I was like, how desperate are you from that profession? And my parents were both teachers. So I'm kind of naturally defensive about teachers, right? Uh, So someone sees that and they say, oh, those cheaters, right? But I'm kind of like, well what's the system what's their motivation right? and so forth and so i mean we're kind of edging around kind of what we were talking about but i you know i wanted to because that's that's a point that i think maybe we should explore further down the road um but i think what we're getting at was kind of testing being kind of a kind of a a cultural thing if you will and and we we can we're not going to touch on the un, unconscious bias that are behind that and so forth right there's a lot of stuff that's right. i think it's great that it's been coming out now and and you know uh, that people should be reading up on that as much as possible but, but think
1: about it. if you go through 12 years of school that's based on testing and you may be a bad testing, per, you, like me. I'm, I'm a terrible test maker. My daughter is a terrible, my older daughter is a terrible test. I just freak out and I get you know, anxiety because you know, it's, it's, it, that's my own version of my fear of failure because I'm going to be judged. And I, I can write an essay all day long. But taking a test freaks me out. And so that in that is I'm guaranteed that was something that over the years, and that's a long time if you think about it. You're and especially when you're impressionable and you're young, that creates fear, you know, and that and that modifies your behavior in the an adult. And I've had to unlearn it, even though I'm still bad at it, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that, that I think that's what causes that. And I think that again, that goes back to the quote, right?
0: Yeah. And so for me, that's kind of okay, we take that. And so therefore, there's this sense of right or wrong. There is no gray area. There is no uh, yeah. different way of doing That's things. Right. Right. You know, I, So I've already started to unconsciously, maybe, create a pattern of, well, this is how I'm evaluated. right? Uh, and so some of that then starts to lead into, whether you go to university or you don't, you go to trade school or what have you, uh, there's kind of a, a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. Uh, And I think that gets to what uh, we we ran into with the Albert Einstein quote. You know, if we're having problems, the way that we got there is through some sort of method, some sort of process of thinking and doing, right? Uh, And so to our point, I think we said adding process onto that, probably additional process, probably not the best way to approach it. Uh, Some of it is... Probably some good inward reflection. So yeah, not a retro- postmortem. It's being retros- It's being able to be retrospective without
1: j- having judgment associated with it, right? Because right. you can only. Because again, people are emotional people, right? Yeah. So whenever you do something, you know, I know I'm. You know, not guilty of this. Look, I just did that. Yeah, um, so that's not that interesting. You know, what yeah. I mean? you so, get, there's a
0: guilt behind but, feeling like, yeah, yeah, you know.
1: But you, you, if you can be honest with yourself and say, that's all right. Don't worry about it. It's, it's like when you ride a bike and you fall down and you and you have to get back up on the bike and you got to, or horse riding or whatever, and you just you just keep trying at it and you realize what you did and didn't do right. It's a world of binary that worries. It me. is. That's the problem. So in
0: the world's getting more
1: and more binary. Yep. Yep, um, you can I can have another whole another podcast about that.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting in the world that we particularly work in, which is software delivery, which is built on zeros and ones. So it kind of has a an interesting sort of growth from that because if you talk to people that actually build software and 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 are create, they're actually create. We've talked about this in previous podcasts. They're creative problem solvers. So they take what is ve- actually very binary. It is a bite It's zeros and ones. They take something like that and create something brand new out of it. Something Mm -hmm. that can honestly react to you, Greg, differently than it reacts to me. And it's, it's a, we, the reason I think that we're in this world is not necessarily because we're like, yeah, isn't that great that we have phones that have more technology than the space shuttle. That's cool and everything, but it's more like how do the things that we have enable us to enhance the world that we live in? Um, and it's different for different people, but that all starts in a very binary thing, goes out and it's like this beautiful opportunity, and then goes back to being binary. Yeah.
1: Well, and why it's called software, by the way, <laughs> because yeah. you know that it's 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 it is an art, and a lot of developers, by the way, depending, but I would say a lot of the the good developers, they're willing to take risks, they're willing to try, they're willing to, and then good quality people are you know it's the same you know so i think that that's for me that's I, I love developers good developers for that reason is because they do take this binary thing and turn it into art yeah you know and it's not and it ain't easy to do i mean it's a hard thing to do but i think they're a good example of how to not be good not every developer but good developers they're not afraid to try stuff because yeah. they know they can easily change it which is a different topic right because again there's certain things like software you can change something if you're doing a if you're you know publishing a book and you mess up on page 78 (laughs) you got to redo the whole damn thing and it costs a lot of money to do that right so manufacturing is different yeah but so there and there's you know and there's you have to combat that part because there's nothing you can really do about it but but anyway so i think it's different for software and that's what we typically talk about right Mm -hmm. um but I just think it's a, it, it, it's an interesting thing. And I think about my own kids, Um, and now I'm actually really thinking about it. Like, what have I done to help, let's say, help them not be fearful of the yeah. world and, mm-hmm. and let them experiment and try and fail and then take a step back and say,
0: it's okay. Let's just, what, what are we going to do different now? Yeah. And so before we we go to the break, I think there's one question I want to put out there, which is, you know, again, the quote from Albert Einstein is, we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created them. And I think naturally what I look at as a consultant and someone that helps at large enterprise organizations I think problems. I think systematic. I think governance. I think you know all of those things <gasps> and so forth. Governance. I hate that word. It makes me my spine. Oh, I know. But sometimes problems can be, uh, honestly, how I look at things, mm-hmm. right? Like absolutely. I, the pro, like the I, I'm looking at a pro, I'm looking at something this way. Is that a certain type of problem? Um, so, for instance, uh, you know in my day-to-day life outside of my work, right? If I'm looking at planning a trip and I say, okay, I have to plan a trip. So therefore I have to figure out the dates. I need to figure out a plane, you know, reservation and so forth and so on. What I'm not thinking, uh, when things come along, which is, okay, now there's a pandemic. Now I need to get, you know, make sure I have all of the things that I need to make sure that my family's secure, all these things that they naturally weren't a problem. Yeah, you right? didn't anticipate You didn't anticipate things. any of those things. Because you can
1: not anticipate right. everything. And right. people, that's part of the problem. I know we're going to go to a break. But yeah. part of the problem is that people assume their plan and stick to your plan. Yeah. And that's going to work. And it never does because you can't control the whole world. I mean, you you know, if weather happens or if something, you know, happens, you know, at the airport and you're delayed
0: and then you miss your flight and then you go like you don't have any control over that. Well, yeah. So, I mean, some people are going to say, so what are you prescri- what are you prescribing based on this conversation? Believe in chaos theory where it just like you just react to everything. No, good point. So, like you know, where where is that right balance? And I think that's something we can kind of touch on. Uh, we're gonna have a little different uh, middle section here. Uh, but uh, and then kind of get it, wrap it up with some of the thoughts on this. But um if you want to give feedback uh, based on this kind of interesting conversation that Greg and I are trying to have, and you know we're trying to, you know, uh, spice things up a little bit, in or Agile if you need After Dark, anything about death, <laughs> that's right, you can <laughs> touch base with us. We can. If you want it to figure out. out how to fashion a bell to your uh, your coffin, uh, just uh, email feedback at agileafterdark.com, and uh, we'll we'll try to get back to you with the answers that we can. See you on the other side. hate to that was actually you did a great job so well i can do it again you got you got you, you got the, i said my name you right. got your mojo back well you're ready
1: i was worried you're fired up i was worried because allison's like you better review that outline before that's so
0: sweet of her oh
1: she's i'm not joking she was and she was kind of mad at me and i'm like i have to leave i got to be there i gotta yeah, get there yeah, yeah, and she's yeah, like yeah. i'm like anyway i never do it anyway so <laughs> except for the last time so i'm like i mean he, he'll be used to it
0: So we're back. Yeah, we're, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. We're back, Jess. but no Jess. Oh. uh, And we're back. So
1: here's, here, here's the thing. We've been doing this now for over a year, right? Uh, maybe two years. Two years. Yeah, yeah two years. And yeah. so one of the things we want to do is ask questions uh, of the two of us, and then hopefully you can also chime in on the, you know, on the feedback uh, site, which we'll, you know, give you the URL to later. But um, one of the questions that's interesting is what has been the tipping point in your career that you would share with anyone in our field? And I think this is a really important one because it's so diverse, so many different kinds of um, problems that, you know, exist. And how did you, how did you come about solving the problems um that existed and why did you buy in that's my biggest question is why did you buy into the agile framework and mine is i was a traditional i was a horrible horrible project manager because i hated everything about it pretty much gantt charts i still have nightmares um but um when and i was reluctant and I had to go. I, I know the word journey. Reluctant is used. to what? Sorry. Well, I, I was, I, I was reluctant because I thought it was a bunch of dirty footed hippie stuff. Because oh, you talking about, the, agile. Yeah, you're well, about, about agile. Yeah, they talked about. They talked about. Let's. We're gonna defer these features. It was, it was driven by developers, and that was the issue, right? And so I was like, well, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna defer these features, and we're gonna create these stories, and I'm like, this isn't Alice in Wonderland, although it kind of was. Um, and so I had a a strong reaction against it. It's like, what are these dirty footed hippies doing? And they can't make business move forward by talking about deferring, you know, all the time. And so I struggled, um, I don't know, for the, I worked for a startup at the time and I'd started it at another company and we were really terrible at it. And I started a startup
0: and we, we hired a coach and he was all right. Startup, so interesting. So we went into this a little bit. So you were not instinctively doing agile yet, which we always kind of talk about with startups. That's a very commonplace thing because the customer's right there. You need to get stuff to them quickly. I don't want to like draw this out too much, but it's interesting that you know you weren't doing this already. We we were doing it and we were horrible. And then mm. I started. I, I got recruited to a
1: startup. And they weren't good at it either, mm. but we but we made a commitment to it. And I oh, I was the one who was the hardest to convince. And I was the product manager because we actually, or I guess I was the product owner at that point, um, even though that was my title. And I had to sit there all of the planning meetings, listen to the developers argue about frameworks and what language we're going to use and all this stuff. And I was totally put off. But when I started understanding how it impacted the business, meaning reducing risk, consistency, um, especially for senior management, you could predict things that you couldn't otherwise because you're doing it in shorter increments. And then I realized the power of it, right? And then came lean, and then came all the other things. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't. I was reluctant, but it was. It, it transformed my whole career like i i didn't after that i was after once i got it and i had guidance from my architect by the way which is the most important thing um i then i was like okay well how would you ever do this any way different
0: yeah it's so that's interesting and and so for me if you're talking about tipping point in my career particularly in the agile space and you don't have to drink away from the mic because we know we're all drinking Greg. Mm. so you're fine okay um, <laughs> we need to get into that. <laughs> he was very careful. He's like, "Oh, excuse me. Let me put my mic away. Uh, I'm gonna drink over. I'm drink over here." And, and my pinky went up as yeah, well. Yeah, actually, it did because you know we'll did talk. It? Yeah, a little bit. But <laughs> so that's fine. I, I'm no judge. <laughs> uh No judgment here. Um, so yeah, I for me, God, there's so many, but I would say from an agile perspective, I think this was kind of the the moment that say I got it, it's not right either it's to be I honest know. with you I was just kind I of know. forced into it uh I work for a large PR firm let me just before you start the story yeah. let me just say that
1: for anybody who's listening to this, which is like five people or something like that. <laughs> We've um, gone down from 10 to five. <laughs> um, that's right. Oh, that we, we thought 10, we, we right? Gotta,
0: we, gotta, <laughs> we, we put it on so many more platforms, and then like all our relatives are like, I don't give a shit. But, but, but I think what you said is interesting, and the same thing I
1: said was... You, you, it it's hard to get it. Like it's hard. You have to you have yeah. to be convinced and work at it and have and you you have to have a, uh, a uh, somebody that supports you to help you go through it. Right? Because it's hard to, to buy into a it's, surrogate or whatever. You, ooh, I don't know if that's a good word, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, it's no. That's that's exactly right so I I was very fortunate to be working in an environment where I had a, we talk about this all the time. I had a leader that to this day I'd I'd run through a wall for this guy and we keep in touch. And ironically, one of my best friends that worked there too has come full circle to now work with him again. Um, and this is, God, I don't want to give my age, but it's like 12, 13, 12, 13 years later. Um, we had very similar to what we had as, as Greg in, in terms of our group of the places that people that have been on this podcast and we work together is very similar, a uh, very similar sort of environment where we all were kind of figuring it out together, but this is very early on in terms of agile adoption. And I was a, the manager of the project management team His large PR firm. And in fact, our digital group within that, that, that firm Was bringing in more revenue than many of the other offices throughout that same PR firm in different cities, so you know within I was in DC and that was we were just we were killing it, just put it that way. But we had this huge project with this company, uh, not a company, it was a university overseas, and it was it was in um, basically the Middle East, and so we had to figure out. Uh, for what we're going to launch in a typical, it was like a digital project, websites, uh, PR, right? So we are doing you know um, trainings for media and all this kind of stuff. And we had a very short time frame because that's just how that, that group in the Middle East worked. You know, They were basically building a university in the middle of the desert uh, in like a year. Mm-hmm. It was like sand. There was nothing else there and they were going to wow. build it and they are going to launch it in a year and they wanted all of the things to support that and you never told me a story traditional before. project management just wasn't going to cut it and that's where i said i had a leader that was really great because he came to me and said he recognized it very early and said yeah and that's unusual you know here right that's unusual can you build me a project plan that makes this work and i said like, well let me give it a shot and i was pretty good at projects and you know Microsoft project and all the stuff and I did it we did all the budgeting and stuff because we worked on the proposal together right uh, and I was like unless you're willing to hire 12 new people and get them trained within the next month no it's not going to work uh, but then we were it's these things Greg where in our lives in our careers we're sometimes very lucky and I had like I have this guy that's a developer that's you know, people talk about T developers and I developers. This guy was an O. Like he could, you could put him in front of. He now works for Amazon. He, you could put him in front of an executive, and he explained exactly what we're trying to do in a very coherent and way that I could never do in my entire life. Still now, uh, you could put him in front of developers. He could relate to exactly architects. A- anyone you can put him. In. We had this unicorn on our yeah, team that's somehow. A unicorn for sure. Somehow. And basically he and I like sat in a room together and said, what do we need to do this to make this work? And I have to give him credit. He said, you know, I've been talking to some of my friends and stuff and they're doing this kind of agile thing. And it seems to be working. Would you be willing to try it with me? So let me, so I never heard this story. I don't know. Wait, how
1: has you never told me this story before? <laughs> But I probably I, told I, you I, bits and bobs I, here and I, there. I but. think it's really interesting in that in my Agile journey, you know, whatever, like people say that. But it was because of the people that I worked with and we were committed to each other to try something new, which goes back to the reason we're having this conversation, which is, I don't know, let's try it. And you don't get executive. I mean, you had executive sponsorship. I never did. Mm. And you just did it. And, and and by the way, demonstration shows that it works, right? And well, so you
0: start small with the teams. And- no, let's be fair. This is going to wind up being one of the biggest clients that we ever had at that agency for a good three to four years after we deliver this. So it's kind of out of necessity. We saw the potential and again, leadership to see that to see wow, we can really well. Did they sponsor amazing. you? Uh, I mean, did you get coaches, consultants? No, no it was all you internal. Did it? Oh, it's all internal because it in those sort of agencies we don't hire consultants, mm-hmm. we figure it out, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and it was honestly one of the better experiences I've ever had because we kind of figured it all out together. We figured out the... So all the things that we talk about, all the problems... I mean, see, which we don't understand is translations from a certain... In Arabic, it's different for a certain region than another. Mm-hmm. Right? So we had, you know, we could hire a, a firm to translate stuff. But we, again, somewhat were lucky. Like it had someone that could begin to do the translation and then send it off a translation company to then... Uh, do it faster, right? But this is a Drupal. This is modules. Drupal. Oh yeah, oh, we were doing the whole Drupal. thing. Yeah, this is government, right? So it was you know that's where Drupal was like very ahead of the of the curve in that way. So I was dealing with developers that were like, "You can't do that in Drupal." And I was like, "Well, my last firm actually know that you can. Let's work on this together." But this is where we talk about tipping points. And I don't want to drag this out too much, but when we talk about tipping points. It's just sometimes you're lucky, and I was lucky. I'm just gonna be putting it out there. I was really, really lucky because as soon as that O developer that I'm talking about, um, he has you're the man, dude. He, Here, it's, it's a, he's, no, I'm gonna, he's, I'm he's gonna just dispute you right now.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna dispute you right now. Yeah. There's no. St- such thing is lucky, in my opinion. I mean, yes, timing is a lot has a lot. If to I didn't do have Baz, it. I would have been screwed. I know, but it wasn't timing. You knew yeah. how to who to work with. How you were going to really convince somebody to do it. How you were going to convince white well, leadership, leadership too. I mean, that's the other but, thing. But, but we
0: but we know it. But you're you're absolutely right. So this is very important. And when we're talking about solving the problems that we have. With the new way of thinking, it's so funny because we came up with this section. It wasn't gonna be related to necessarily what we're yeah, talking about, right? Uh, but this was a very good example of that, and and I and I've taken with me everywhere that I've worked because trust me, it didn't work out perfectly. We had, no, we, had, we had we had stuff. Does so our so Greg, we had things where we were gonna do a live stream with the launch of the university. By the way, they're still building a university within the last week. They have the spire and all. So there's you know, there there's all sorts of stuff that they're building within the last week. And they want us to do a live stream of the opening event. It's in the middle of the desert, so there's no like hardwire connection. So we're, like we're and gonna you're not to, there. Oh, I'm not there. So we're gonna have to like figure out how to bounce the 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 stream off of a satellite, satellite to yeah. where we're gonna go back. And I found one. I was like, yes, I can bounce the stream off the satellite. Okay, okay, great. You... But guess what? It it let it, it's, it's very interesting given the things that are going on today. Oh. That bounces over Israel. Nope, not gonna do it. How did you find a satellite? Who how do you do that? I don't even remember, Greg. This is this part of my life that was a very stressful part of my Let's life. Let's work on that because I want to find out how to bounce something off a satellite. And this is this is the world they're this living in. This podcast but, could but, be <laughs> said, bounced off it <laughs> it a satellite. Could beamed it could. To the Watch entire out. world. Watch out. It could even make it into Minnesota. Thanks, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> and the flyover states, the flyover states would actually get right. the podcast because they would, you know, bounce over the satellite. But no, I mean, yeah, it was, it was crazy. It was literally one of those ones where every day I would come home and I was like, how are we going to solve the next problem? But the beauty of it was, I actually, as stressful as that sounds, when you had everyone creatively thinking about how mm-hmm. do we take that next step but who step? was the
1: leader of who'd lead that who led that whole
0: because well okay so I'll be honest with you And like how many the, time
1: how many people were you talking about 20 people something like that uh,
0: I I would say well it's hard in that sort of thing in terms of the digital piece you're talking about maybe a dozen or less if you're talking about the larger uh, media training and stuff, you're talking about like 30, Yeah, but 40, how did 50. you
1: lead? The, the, I'm I really interested in this story. You never told me this. I can't even believe that. <laughs> but but how did you lead them down the path? Out.
0: I like, blacked out through half of it. That's what happened. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> there were not drugs involved. <laughs> No, we were we were living in D.C. in a weird time, and like, yeah, there was there was a lot of happy hours. Let's just I know, but uh, but
1: what I'm saying is that's because my that's my, um, you know, my story is I worked my ass off to get everybody on board, so much so that it was the only time I've ever got senior leadership bought in. I used pragmatic marketing Mm -hmm. for that, and we transformed, and I made the IT director resign, which was unpleasant. <laughs> um cuz of my tirade which my wife had removed me from the room when i was talking about it but but we did it yeah. i mean we did it and we made we created so many amazing people like we gender mm-hmm. you know and because man, gender, because yeah. they they bought into it because yeah. they understood and you're like oh my god this changed my life this the way of
0: thinking in this yeah. agile way helps me understand how to solve problems in a different way so so it's it's a chicken and egg question, right? In a way, which is, you know, three of those people that, well, one of them was the recruiter that brought a lot of us onto the project that we worked on, right? Three of the of the six groomsmen I had were from that company mm-hmm. when I got married. Um, and oh really? Yeah, yeah. They're like some of my closest closest friends. Uh, and it's similar to. It's never gonna happen. I'm never gonna get married again. But like, similar to you know the world that you know we built in in the world that we did, like we just kind uh, of. Are you sure you're never gonna get married again? Because your no. current life, as you respond, <laughs> <from>, sprung <response laughs> uh, Oh, Greg, I, I, mean, I, I couldn't. I couldn't wait for the end of that. Sorry, I had to <laughs> interrupt you. I I I deserve to constantly be ridiculed <laughs> for ever making that comment. Um, yeah. So anyway. Uh yeah so i it, sometimes we cuz that's where i think there's a lot of tipping points in my life some of it is I meeting you working on the project that we did and the people that we worked with that is a tipping point if you're going to talk about the gladwell stuff but i think for me going from wow i kind of hate my life as a project manager i honestly was starting to implement some agile things without knowing what agile was because I would talk to a developer and say, "You said you're going to get this done tomorrow. Are we still on track for that?" No, I still have to talk to this person. Well, have you talked to them? No. I'm like, okay, I need to be like a mother. I literally have to get you two so people. So we've talked about this in the past, in right? The it's like room.
1: project manager just. Pesters people to get things I done hated versus being collate, you know, being collaborative and yeah. saying, here's our goal. How yeah. are we going to get there? Everybody so, right. contribute, right? So,
0: Greg, I, when I say I hated my job, it's, that's a disservice to the amazing project managers I had on my team there because they were actually the ones that drove me every day because they were amazing people. They had amazing practice. When I talked about the woman that did the initial translation of the Arabic, she was one of my project managers. Hmm. She now works for the uh, IMF. She's a brilliant person that I was fortunate enough to have on my team. Uh, and I've just been very fortunate to, to have. And some of it was I interviewed, some I didn't. Um, but honestly, you know, without them, the day to day, I hated it. So I was like, my goal was to make them not hate life as much. And as soon as we started to do this sort of project in this way, that's what changed things. That's when I started to understand there's a new way of approaching. Today's problems in a different way, uh, and not using the same ways that we've done in the past that created the problems that we have. Right, and some of it's by necessity—literally money-driven, time-driven, like all of those things that are the 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 iron triangle of project management. You know, scope, time, and whatever it is. You know, all of those things that are normally there—they were still there. Mm-hmm. but it was not practical to do it from a from a waterfall sort of traditional project management standpoint so that that was definitely a tipping point for me and as i said you know i've been very fortunate in that situation to have the people that i had and if you look them up in LinkedIn and all this stuff i mean they've gone their careers have just skyrocketed mm-hmm. i mean they're they're executives at LinkedIn they're like main developers at amazon well, it's because you ta- like, taught
1: them a different way to Solve problem.
0: Well, we worked on it together. Right? We no, it wasn't just me. We worked on it together. We we struggled through it together, uh, but it was it was a new way of thinking. It really was. We cannot actually make this work with the way we've done it. So, what does that mean from a new way of thinking? So,
1: yeah, no, so you yeah, know, and I, I I my story is essentially the same thing. And it was once I got convinced, and I were to a, a big education uh, publisher. Um, I was just, I, I, it, it wasn't, nobody's going to get in my way. There was yeah. nobody that was going to get in my way. Yeah. And it started with the development teams and then went to product management, which is really what I was hired to do. And then I went to executive, you know, and I, I, I was just, I, every day, I didn't care what people said to me, who complained, but I didn't care. I never stopped. I was yeah. absolutely relentless. And,
0: Eventually, oh, I can't was see that like... at all.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> especially the way I'm just talking
0: just now. But there's a know. lot of finger pointing going on right now that yeah, you guys it... can't—you can't see on the podcast. And but yeah. hand ringing as well. <laughs> um but
1: you know what eventually everybody was not everybody cuz you it's hard to get everybody to buy in but
0: for the point, most yeah. part
1: you, you you know i got enough buy in so that people were like yeah this is a much better way to do things mm. finance is a great example of that mm. which is yearly budget okay let's start in january we'll end in november oh and then we'll restart in december for the next year and it's yeah. it's all fixed and it's totally stupid and when I was working with finance, friends of finance. Mm. Um, you have to be friends with finance. You know, I, I, I was... We, were, we went to a quarterly review. Well, actually, we went to a monthly review, by mm. the way. And I could shift money around mm. depending on what product needed, you know, what it needed. And that was
0: huge. And when was this great? It was like this, not quite the Stone Age, but the dinosaurs <laughs> were gone. Uh, you know, his past ancient Greece. Like, you know, Caesar definitely had been yeah. stabbed. But how much after that? That
1: was in the late. It was in the late two. It was in like uh, twenty eighteen or something like. That. Oh,
0: okay. Shit. Sure. Well, that was a lot more recent than I thought. Yeah.
1: No. When yeah, we okay. did that, and we started doing it, we, again, it's just like you were talking about. We we did it out of necessity, mm. because it's like, hey, this product's getting killed. We need to focus on making sure this product gets content upgrades. I'm taking money away from this and putting it over here so that product can be successful, right. you know? Yeah. But that's not a typical finance position,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, as uh, we talk about the, the Stone Ages, let's, uh, like, roll that rock. It, by that, Sisyphus. It's not syphilis. Siphysis. Sisyphus. Yes. That's right. Yeah, Sisyphus. Uh, you know, Syphilis is more of a painless sore that starts, which is you know kind of. Well, he I'm... might have had it because yeah, he's doing something stupid all the time. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, so we're gonna take a break and uh, come back on the other end. Remember that <laughs> last time we traveled together. Was in North Carolina, and there's some random guy that, had yeah, beef, that beef jerky <laughs> guy. Beef jerky guy, and he had all this beef jerky. So the funny thing is, for everyone that's listening, it was good. The beef jerky. Funny thing is, this is uh, the the middle of March, before everything shut down in the pandemic. So yep. middle of right, March in 2020, right literally like it right was like March 12th of 2020. We're at a hotel, so we're sitting there like we're like, oh, you yeah, have you know jerky, and we're like literally watching the TV. It's like NBA shutting down. And we're like, oh, let me give you something And we reach into this bag that everyone else has reached into we're like, ah, jerky And i never forget, the next morning I woke up And I was like, that was probably a really bad idea Given there's, you know <laughs> Well, by the way, I took- I- you gave me all
1: yours Because yeah. you're like, I don't want yeah. it And I yeah. like you jerky yeah. and I was like, okay, I took it
0: And then I just threw it all away So we want to wrap up uh, today's session. We've had a really good time. Uh, But what we didn't do in the last section, which we typically do, is talk about what we're drinking. So, yeah, exactly. You may have heard it in the past section or the one before that. But, uh, Gregory, uh, can you uh, give us an outline of – You know what? I've been into
1: recently – I've always loved bourbon. Yeah. I used to drink it straight. I'm – getting a bit old to do something like that but i love it with a little ginger ale sorry i love it with a little ginger ale mm-hmm. um and some ice and a good quality bourbon nine I'm, I'm not a rye guy but i like bourbons too so so, straight, so yeah you don't Kentucky like, bourbon. So,
0: do you not like the, so do you do old fashions cuz that's basically like bourbon or well by rye. the way i've been drinking this just ginger ale and, and yeah. uh, bourbon for a yeah. long time
1: you can't understand the amount of, um, the amount of teasing I have got over the years about what are you drinking? And I'm like, what a bourbon Whoa. and ginger ale? And they're like, what are you, an old man? I was like, yes. And so they would, everybody would always buy me an old fashioned, which yeah. I don't like because they're too sweet because of the bitters. Yeah, well, it's not the bitters. Or is it it's the cherry and orange
0: and shit that's uh, like smashed up in there? Sorry, so I need, no, you're good. What's was gel uh, After Dark. But, no, so that's interesting because well, I have to make you a old-fashioned because I've gotten pretty decent at it. But, well, I, I, I'll i – But you, but I have rye, so that's why you said that. I yeah, was like, yeah, I was like, I'm yeah, rye, rye, rye it's thing. It's too yeah. strong for me. It is a little on the, the – it's a little rye
1: rye. I mean, it doesn't yeah. necessarily taste bad, but I can't have more than a sip of it, you
0: know? Interesting, yeah but i have like the big like nice like square cubes. Yeah, dude, make me know. one. I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um so yeah, so we're back. Uh and, you know What you
1: you didn't say what you were
0: drinking. Oh, well, i basically have been drinking the same thing because we're we're in the casita and i we opened up the bar. I was a little close to the podcast stand and to be honest with you, it uh no Craig, don't move the mic. <laughs> Trying to get close to it, straight on it. Because I thought you were trying to make it so you can open the bar. The level, no, no. This is the level of coaching I get every podcast. This is true. I'm such an asshole. No, you're <laughs> not. You're just like, hey, back off. On the step up, go. Well, the funny thing you're is, producer. People... you're well, a producer. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, you yeah, do. yeah. it's true. What people don't know is, like, I have like a black uh, screen thing up for when like my wife wants to do photographs with the baby and stuff. And, and it's not porn related. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing that theme back Are we going to bring in? the sex toys back <laughs> <laughs> into the whole thing? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'm not going to edit out the whole sex toys thing. That's fine. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, I'm drinking the same thing uh, because I was drinking Trulies, which Jess gives me enough hard enough time about the White Claws because she says it's, you know, like listening to Static and hearing the, the – the flavor in the other room. What the hell at her. is it?
1: I don't even know what it is.
0: It's basically vodka it's with like it's seltzer. No, it's Zima no, no. Zima's too sweet. It's a lot sweeter. Uh, well, truly, actually, is pretty sweet. But I, it's a whole long thing. Anyway, you should have uh, answered. I hate Zima. Zima's the worst thing in the whole wide well, world. Well, because like most of us in my age, like Zima's the first like alcohol that I ever had. It's so, the worst
1: thing ever made.
0: They came back, Greg, because you know why. You know what the answer is. I don't know. Starts with an N. Menstruation. N, not an M. Oh N. I'm sorry.
1: Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not, there's a lot of N words I can think of. <laughs> well, not the bad Jesus ones. Jesus Christ. Not the bad ones. we not but... going
0: there. Nostalgia. Nostalgia. That's why the Zima came back. Oh, for fuck's back. sake. Yeah, because a lot of people in my generation, you know, that's the first thing. Did that we you got drink drunk Zima? On. Oh yeah, it's the first thing I got drunk oh, on. Oh my God. First thing I got drunk on. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Not not the first thing that I had. Like the, oh my god! I can never drink this again. That was Southern Cover. Well, I was never. Oh
1: god, that's not
0: good. Yeah, Southern Cover was bad. Um, you the smell. But I never drank when I was in high school or college. I drank
1: one night a week in college, so I never had well, Zima you didn't drink it all, or whatever. Right? You know. Yeah. College, so yeah. then it was just vodka and bourbon, and I don't want to drink it's, vodka it's,
0: anymore. It's a W. It's a vodka. It's according wodka. to Jess, vodka. Wodka. She, wodka. She wine, vodka, or. Whiskey, so she has the three Ws. Yeah, sorry, Jess, that's we miss you. That's not bad, actually. Yeah, that's no, good. I know, right? It's, uh, we we kind of keep trying to like fill in for Jess, like her actually really great. I'm pissed at her right now. Well, no, that's my Angry. fault. It's my fault. I don't care. She doesn't care about us anymore. Oh my god. Well, the other thing that we didn't talk about is she's in the flyover state that like the AC like broke from her, and so she was like, "I'm out of town. I'm out of five thousand for my." My condo sick of her
1: excuses
0: I'm gonna let you deal with that In the next (laughs) podcast Alright so Let's get into Don't
1: stop it I was making a joke She's the (laughs) toughest Woman I've met Like she 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 won't take me She and I have Done all kinds of stuff together That we Not Like
0: bad but
1: we've broken uh, things at restaurants we've been, we've been pretty we've, oh god you yeah know.
0: yeah but i you know the uh, so what we're going to talk about so greg was kind of talking to me about it in the break based on the last section about kind of the vulnerability of my story you know how do we solve the problems that we're dealing with and can we just do it in the same of like? Well, I'm your manager, or I'm you the person that's telling you what to do. And, and we're not just talking about technical problems. No, no, we're talking team, about human team stuff, team right? Human stuff, and that's honestly where you know Albert Einstein is not talking about technical problems. The guy is coming up with E M C squared. Like he's not e equals M C squared. Sorry, uh, he's not thinking of. Well, this technical thing of this particular thing of time, and this is where that actually works. No, he's thinking of a large picture, larger picture. <laughs> he's sort of thing. thinking
1: about space
0: and time and how those two. I mean, if you know, if yeah, you actually yeah, read about yeah, it, it's like, yeah. holy shit! No, no wonder why his hair was fucking crazy because he had a lot on his mind, right? Um, so when we talked about kind of the things that we're looking at in terms of kind of the roots of the problems in software delivery. It's it's kind of sad to take a quote from Albert Einstein and try to delineate or kind of filter it down to what we're doing. But I think it's also important, Greg, right? Mm-hmm. Like we need to think about the the but people.
1: I, yeah, and I'm not a quote guy, and I know you, you appreciate them, but it really helps you focus. If you really break that, that down, <laughs> but if you pre- break this down, and you really have to think about what, especially somebody like him says, mm. but he says, it's, I, 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 it's, it's pretty remarkable how many thing, things it evokes in your own life, in your yeah. work life, in your personal life, and how you need to approach solving problems. Because that's really what this is about.
0: So you let's, know? Rec- let's uh, repeat the quote, because I think it's important for yep. you know people on the podcast. So Albert Einstein said, quote, we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created them. Oh, that was my best delivery so far. It was good. Yeah, it was good. I think I I think I nailed it. I thought you did good on the last segment, too, I will say. Well, but that was not the quote. Like no. The quote, but- I, I fumbled through the first one. But that one, maybe because of the last section, I was like, oh, I'm actually feeling it. Yeah. I'm feeling it, yeah. right? So when we talked about the... So I think it's important for us to kind of identify in our world, as much as I love to unpack what this quote means for a lot larger thing. Uh, but that's not an agile after dark is, you know, what are some of the, the roots of the problems in software delivery? You know, things that we've talked about in the past, uh, is like dates, dates based on kind of thumb in the air. Like let's look at thumb. Let's kind of say, where does that fit? Right. Um, kind of false budgeting, somewhat based on that thing that I talked about before, you know, the budgeting that's, we think that it's going to cost us much, and some person decides that I want to create this budget because I know I need more than probably than I'm actually going to need because in the past, things have changed so much. Um, what are some of the things in terms of – oh, I made notes and I can't read them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, Craig. Uh, prioritization. Prioritization. Yeah, actually, prioritization. Yeah, prioritization. We yeah. talked about that. That's, I'm glad I was able to read that after a time because it's important. Um, and what does that mean in terms of messaging with teams in terms of prioritization? So these are some of the the, the roots and problems that we're talking about. Um, but from that, let's talk about some of the current uh, approaches to those problems. Well, I think I, I'd probably – well, the dates thing is –
1: kind of obvious because they're just again you're lying to yourself I get in trouble for saying that but if you think you're following a plan and you're going to stick to your plan and you know how many military movies that I watched that talk yeah. about that but you don't you don't know and in the,
0: the if, if, like if, Patton let's talk about well, the movie okay, Patton I was that's actually say, that's if what you're, you're, thinking. If, movie you're Patton, just, right?
1: for, if we stick to the military thing which isn't going to be for our listeners, you know, probably most important, but, they, but he was able to. And, there, and there, you could have numbers of of uh, different people who did it, but they were like, "We're gonna, you know, we're gonna evaluate what we're doing, and then we're gonna change." And mm. you know, everybody uses the word pivot, but they did that, and all through World War II, like you can imagine. I'm getting into my nerd. No, do World it. Man. Just let's thing. roll with it. Let's roll. But with it. you know, how many times did the allies bet on something when they flew into Jordan and they landed in the swamp, all the parachuters landed in a swamp mm. airborne landed in a swamp. And they they, 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 every, at every turn, they should never have won that war ever. They made mm. so many mistakes and they still did because they persisted and they did not give up and they changed their strategy. And I think that's, that's, and, and it was all based on dates. And it's like, you know, you just give up on that, just focus on the business objective or the military
0: objective or whatever it is. Well, I, th- I think there's, but let's talk about the other side of that, which is the scars uh, that remain from. The things that we do. So, like uh, after the war in Japan, I think that they, if I remember correctly, they were only able to produce like a thousand calories a day for its people in in 1946. I know. And by 1960s, 1960 ish, I want to say, it was one of the fastest growing economies. So, you're talking about, what's that, five, 15 years. 15 years where basically an entire country was only able to produce enough food to maybe sustain. And then think about Toyota and what they did.
1: And they make the best, they make some of the best cars in the world, you know,
0: and that's talk about not looking at problems and thinking about it in a different way. And, And this is where people that, you know, that are in our world, we reference it all the time. Uh, so we talk about agile all the time, and then Toyota—they basically looked at manufacturing and said, "This doesn't make sense. There's a lot of waste. There's a lot of problems. You know, how do we change that?" And it's—it's it's kind of from the the military thing of you know we're going to do things a certain way. That you know you talked to our friend Shyla Reddy, who we've talked about in the past, where she was actually very impressed when she worked for. Uh, you know, military clients, how they were actually one of the quickest to adapt and uh, adopt agile uh, because they realized we can't sit and 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 rest on how we do things. Right. And that's
1: where the whole concept, I mean, it's it's the the whole squad thing, which is (laughs) there's a huge hierarchy and you do what you're told and there are orders, but when things get bad, your squad is in charge it's not about you yeah. listening to whoever you yeah. have to just work together and that's part of that training too right and yeah. that, that's by the way if we're going to go back to our the way that our minds changed that was how i understood what agile could be because mm. somebody told me that story it's like well they break down into squads when there's a battle yeah. they're breaking into six or five people and then they go and do and they're not being ordered they know what to do because they've been trained yeah. to do yeah. what they need to do right interesting
0: that because I never thought about that in terms of one of the companies that when I talk to people I hear all the time about Spotify yeah you know, the Spotify model and squads and all this stuff and I, and I and I and I again this is not from an internal sort of understanding of how they got where they're at but that when people talk about Spotify they're like we want a cookie cutter that but when you cookie cutters still cut the skin, right? You can't copy what Spotify did and put it on your own company. But what I will say about them that I was very impressed with was two, twofold. One, they kept experimenting. They kept looking at things. And, you know, when they were looking at scaling or they were looking at, you know, business agility and all these things, they basically said, well, where are the real problem things that we have? And how can we use agile and lean principles to address those things? So when we have like, architects that are learning things over in this area and this squad and versus this one over here, we're not having enough sharing communities of practice is not enough, right? We need to have something more. We need to have something that where they're actually part of a group, uh, that, that works together and that really worked for them for what they're doing based on how they broke up the work. Uh, and they were the first one in this second part, the thing that they really were wanting to emphasize is like this, you can't take this and put it in another company. This is not a framework. We had to experiment. We had to try. We had to do new things to really try to make it within the culture and the things that we're trying to deliver as a company. Yes, take our learnings. Like they're here, we'll be more than open to talk about what that is. But I, I really appreciate them as a as a company to do that because most people's instincts would say, like, yes, we're the best. Follow us. Do what we do. Uh, and they and they didn't do that. So that was that was really impressive to me.
1: Yeah, and I agree. And I again, I don't want to focus on the military stuff too much, but I think it's. But but I do think it's. Greg gets
0: in trouble when his wife like walks in the room, and he's like, got a military thing. He's like, oh, oh, change the channel, and she's like, well, what were you watching? I was like,
1: well, it's like I'm watching military porn
0: to keep our trend going.
1: (laughs) But but the thing is, it's really interesting to watch how how teams organize themselves, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if it's. If it's an organization like IBM or Toyota or the right. military, it's it's ha- they they are focused on being effective. Yeah. how can we be most effective? Yeah, and it tends to go to smaller teams, right? Yeah, that go to a larger because there's always a, you know. A, a, a hierarchy of things, but I, I just think it's interesting to see the patterns. We talked about patterns yeah, patterns earlier, right? Yep. And, and I think that that's interesting to watch. That's why I always love how I'm always like, why did they mess up? How did they, f- how did they not figure that out? How did that? And it's because they didn't have a cohesive understanding of what was happening. I mean, again, it's not perfect. You don't know everything, but they have no. adjusted and they adapted.
0: This is the stories that we, do we, we shared in the last section uh i don't think anywhere in the things that we shared in terms of tipping points for us will we say it was a binary decision it was not a zero or a one it was very much a a just try experiment and that's kind of where you know i kind of want to kind of conclude what we're talking about is the general way that agiles look to approach problem solving is the I have to always give so much credit to the people that came out with the manifesto in 2001 because a, they didn't make it a bunch of like rules and processes and stuff that you had to feel like, you know, no, no offense to PMP. Cause it's people that do that and do that on a regular basis. I'm very impressed by and, and, and I admire them, but the agile manifesto and the principles, like they really kind of kept it very broad, but now what we see is is that companies are trying to look at scaling because it was very much focused on teams. It was very much focused on how do we get teams to use principle learn from XP and other things to to deliver things that are prioritized and we have consistent, persistent teams, which is which as we talked about is it can be a very challenging thing for for organizations to understand. But you know, over the you know twenty years, I think organizations started to get it. Now, what's the real challenge? Well, scaling, right? Is that a new way of thinking? Um, and when you're working with large enterprise organizations, you've got 300, 500, 600, 700 teams. You can't have scrum and scrum, so that's not going to work. So how does that work? And so there's a lot of different organizations, as we all know, like you know, less and, and Safe and other ones that have tried to approach that. And for me as a coach, I'm kind of always looking at that and saying, gosh, Yes, you were right on point in the right time. I mean, I was one of the first people to implement SAFE at a large consulting firm, and it saved my project. It was going to be a disaster if I didn't have some way to look at it in a broader scale, whether it be the architectural runway or anything like that. Uh, but what I will say is, this is Agile after dark. I'm going to say that. It seems stale. We're kind of mm-hmm. like we're getting stale in terms of... Yep. You know, and, and, and I, I have to give safe and than They're they're continuously trying to, and they do stuff where like the the budgeting and project the product and all this stuff. They're figuring it out, and like, it's good. And like, there are a lot of smart people that we love and adore, and that we work with that are are working hard to figure this out. But I will say is is this is that are we trying to solve problems now with some of the same thinking that created them? To go back to to the quote that we started with. Now that we've started to adopt this on a regular basis, are we kind of getting too into the way that we've done stuff and not thinking in a different way? And that's a very broad question, but I feel like it is. But because even this with business agile, agility, So this business agility yeah, yeah, thing is what, because basically we're trying to basically say to companies, take Agile and Lean principles and apply it to how you make your business decisions and that's the way that it's going to all flow down and i honestly i think we need to think in a different way i think that we need to you know stop giving so much weight to the the portfolio level and so forth and too much weight to the team level and have it kind of be synchronized between those all of those groups and what that looks like i think Greg and i have some ideas but we don't want to like give it all up in this But market, i, I, I would just say this Agile is the new norm. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. And business waterfall is a little yeah, it's kind of I outdated, mean, yeah. Agile's but Ar- by the way, we've always said waterfall has its place in certain yeah, projects it does. and so forth. And manufacturing Boom. and whatever yeah, yeah. like it it, it does,
1: yeah. but agile's the new thing. Everybody thinks agile is going to solve all of their problems. And it isn't going to solve all their problems. Let's be honest. It's not. I mean, you have to have good management good teams and the work, the human work that goes into that in reading a room is more important than just some technical framework that you think I'll solve all my problems. If I use this equation, it's not, it's human at the end of the day, it's all human.
0: And that's how you make change is connecting with people. I would put it this kind of a few different main ideas around it. One of them is learning, not levels, right? We can't say that the way that we approach things from a team level to a portfolio level to a C-suite level, the principles about what we're trying to do have to be the same, right? That's number one. Number two, I think Greg and I have kind of been batting around an idea where we call it like the Goldilocks guide, right? I mentioned before you can't cookie cutter from one organization to another. If you, if you put a cookie cutter on your finger, it's still going to cut you, right? So understand that you can't take one thing from another, but you still have to be unique without ignoring patterns. We talked about patterns several times during this podcast. Like so you, ha- you can't ignore it, but you also can't say that the patterns are exactly the same for everyone. The other piece is, yeah, I'm a Michigan fan. So for those that know that, what it's all about the team, the what? team, the team, right? You can't go it alone. It's all about being part of a team. And what what does that actually mean? Like I, I could sit on you know the ivory throne and I say that this is what I'm gonna do, or in Game of Thrones the sword thing, whatever that that throne is. And we all saw what the result of that is. It's a disaster when you're trying to like own something like that and say that I'm the person that that knows or does everything being part of a team I think anyone who's actually even if it's one other individual and you're part of a team with someone else the power that comes with that is, is well, just well anybody who, so powerful whose motivation is control
1: is a problem no question about it yeah. like that's you yeah. should look at that and go I'm not there's no way I'm doing this thing
0: yeah and then you know kind of the the concept of just remember to chew like finding a pace is critical right but like, don't rush around and choke on your own ambitions. Like you need to, you need to like take your time. You need to like absorb things that are going on. Like don't, you know, we, we see change management all the time. we talk about business agility and this whole concept of we're gonna make everything agile. We're gonna make everything lean. Like let's 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 take our let's take our time and chew. Like I have a, as I said, I have a, a toddler. It I have to look at him and like every time he's grabbing for something that he wants to eat, I'm like. How much food do you have in your mouth? You need to chew your food. You need to like experience what you're eating before you take something else. And then, kind of lastly, it's kind of what Greg and I were talking about. Like, accept the angel share, and that and this kind of comes from the concept that you know not everything will work as you think it will. So, kind of accept the sacrifices that are inv- inevitable. And the angel share is this concept of when you're when you're <laughs> no no irony in that we're talking about whiskey, right? Uh, when you're, when people are, you know, uh, kind of uh, putting whiskey in barrels and stuff, and they and they know that when they put it in there, they have to leave it in there for a certain amount of time. About two percent of that uh, is is going to evaporate as part of the process, and the whole concept around that is that uh, that there's going to a certain amount of that percentage goes to the angels that are looking over the barrels to take care of them. My grandmother is one of these people. Yeah, yeah, and so like. As you try to try things, things are not going to work. I think Greg said earlier tonight, and it wasn't on recording, he's like, it could be 50%. I'm talking about 2%. But, you know, it, it depends. But uh, there's that, uh, I think that we talked about earlier, very early in the podcast, this concept of failure. is just very against the culture of an organization. But experimentation should be inherent in everything that we do, um, uh, particularly as an organization. As, as as in personal beings, like trying things new, trying something different, uh, only enlightens us and, and gets to those tipping points that Greg and I talked about earlier in the you show. You know,
1: I, I think the the word experimentation is like the thing at the moment, yeah. right? And I think it's... People aren't conscious about experimenting with things like a scientist. Mm. They're just... They're just trying to bump around and figure out their life, which is experimentation. But there's no, like, sort of, you know, scientific way. It's like, well, let me experiment with this. I mean, what teenager is going to, like, let let me figure out an experiment and I'll map it out and I'll figure out it and I'll do A-B testing or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Nobody does that. It's just experimentation is just... Life, I mean, it's just a part of human nature. Like, you yeah. just do it and you and you figure out what works, but you can't be fearful of it, right?
0: Yeah, and some of it, Greg, I mean, honestly, at this point, you and I have both, I mean, you've been in a leadership position, I've been in a leadership position, we both had leaders that we've, you know, very much admired and, and kind of given us some breadth, right, in terms of, but we also had to fight for it. It hasn't yep. been... You that's know right do whatever you're gonna do and just come back to me no that's, that's, no, that's we don't
1: never ever ever happen. yeah
0: so we don't we don't mean to picture it in that way because I think that that may be a, a very uh, idealistic way of looking at it. and that's not what we're trying to say what we're trying to say is is that uh, it's 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 a grind and we've always talked about it. it's a grind yeah. but as, as soon as yeah as soon as you accept that uh, in our experience, as soon as we in our past experiences and with other people we've talked about, as soon as we accept that we're willing to try some things with the understanding of all of these other things in terms of, you know, it's through all the levels, it's, it's not cookie cutter. You're part of a team. Uh, you're going to, you're going to learn some things in terms of overtime of, you know, really working on it. And some things are going to work better than others, uh, that overall, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're D- gonna find success. Doesn't
1: it seem obvious that that would be the way you would want to live your life? And the way human evolution has worked, it's been trying things out. And and yeah. I don't want to get too deep on that part, but you know, it's 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 just it's it's part of our DNA that we as humans that we want to try,
0: and we're gonna fail, but we're gonna respond we're going to be resilient. That's a own idea, right? Like it's it's basically yeah. we're going to adjust and we're going to Well, I think it's it's that
1: that's a little clinical, but okay. I, I I think that like just it, it's it's part of our cult it's part of our nature, in our DNA to try. And I agree and, and I think
0: and I think where we want to explore things in future podcasts is um yes, 100% agree uh and you know, this is how we deal with our everyday life. But, or and, if you're going to do the improv thing, and, right, which is that when you're dealing with larger organizations and you're doing groups of people, the context of it changes. But should it? Uh, and I, that's no, the critical agree, question.
1: But I'm, I'm just saying, if you think about it, if you expand it, hmm. I. Th- I'm a positive person, and I think people want to do the right thing. Yeah, but I agree. Even when you do, if you're if you're in, if you're impeded by somebody who has a different, you know, this could be business, politics, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you're impeded by somebody who has a different point of view, which is typically selfish, right, or self-involved, mm-hmm. or whatever, then you have to deal with that, and that could be an executive. Or a director, or a VP, or it could be a dictator. I mean, it could be anything. But you it have is. to think about that, right? It is.
0: Yeah, and that's a, it's a really good point, Greg. And I and I want us to dive into that and some future stuff. And I think that it, I I've really enjoyed being able to have this conversation. And I think you know, again, to to say the quote, we cannot solve our problems with the same level of thinking that created them. I hope that you all have an opportunity to think about that, think about the things that we shared today and that we can kind of take that in our continuous conversations about what the hell we're drinking. <laughs> and we're just messing about and having a conversation.
1: But I think it's relevant you yeah. know, to people. I think if you can take a, a humorous yeah. view to or an honest view. An innocent view to it, I think. I think maybe if somebody more than ten people listen, I think it'll be you know,
0: I think a good thing. I'm off the mic, so yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna continue to to have conversations, continue to have drinks, and uh, again, as always, uh, we appreciate your feedback. So send it to feedback at agile after dark. Check us out on uh, Spotify and uh, and Apple, uh, iTunes. We're there. We're here. We're everywhere. So looking forward to uh, talking to you soon. Bye. Cheers.